Coming to you live from Kudu Studios with Vian Isaac. It's Sounds About Music. Sounds About Life. How to create a second album featuring Vian Isaac and guests. Hello, everybody. My name is Vian Isaac, and this is Sounds About Music, a podcast about how an indie artist like myself creates recordings, specifically my second album. In this podcast, you'll experience real-time updates on what it takes to create an alternative pop album in the heart of Music City. I'll be sharing songwriting insights, production techniques, and interviews with fellow creators on this show. Today I'm going to be talking about my take on songwriting and some of my own techniques I use while creating music. But for those of you who don't know who I am, why should you listen to me? What does this guy know about songwriting? Well, I've been writing songs for over a decade and I've written with Grammy-winning writers and artists here in Nashville. The songs I've written for my own productions have amassed over 30 million streams in the last few years and one of them was even nominated for an independent music award in 2018 for Best AC Song. All this with no label, manager or big company getting me any of the industry hookups. So with that said, let's get into the podcast. In today's episode, I introduce my secrets to songwriting. I share three keys to writing great songs. And finally, in the last half of this podcast, I'll be walking through all the different versions of my song Starlit Summer's Eve, which was nominated for an Independent Music Award last year for Best AC Song. I think you'll be surprised at how many versions I've made of that song and how they've changed over the years. So when I was young, I was always amazed at how people created songs out of nothing. It felt like magic to me. I would listen to my favorite bands and be amazed at their craftsmanship when it comes to writing songs. From Death Cab to Coldplay to Bonnie Vare, I've always been fascinated at what makes a song resonate. And I've boiled it down to three components as I've gotten into songwriting myself. For me, a good song has these three qualities. A sense of mystery or a sense of the unexpected. Honesty or vulnerability and a powerful melodic hook. Let's start with mystery or a sense of the unexpected. I was always slightly annoyed when I would watch interviews with famous writers and they would mysteriously say, nobody knows where songs come from, or songs would just arrive, or I discovered this one, I didn't write it. At first I thought it was a clever way to keep your secret techniques hidden from the world. But as I dove into songwriting myself, I discovered something equally awesome and terrifying. The old masters were right. For a few years, I committed myself to writing a song a day. I woke up every morning, and first thing I did when I got to my studio was sit down and begin to fiddle around on my piano for an hour or so, with the intention of seeing if a song, quote, appeared. I would play with no rules or constraints, jumping from key to key and chord to chord. I'd hum along or play a melody in my right hand, and if it didn't suit me, I'd immediately jump to something else. In this sort of sporadic way, I'd start my days. Sometimes I would sit for a whole hour, and at the end of it, I'd have nothing but a bunch of jumbled lines and melodies that didn't really resonate. Most often, 
I'd get a song that was okay and felt slightly constructed or forced. But then, every now and again, it was as if the planets aligned and I stumbled upon a melodic phrase or chord progression that would awaken something in me and I'd start scrambling for a pen and a paper because a song was making itself known to me. I'm currently rereading Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert, and she sums up this experience very succinctly when she describes the concept of ideas in a more general way. She says... I believe that our planet is inhabited not only by animals and plants and bacteria and viruses, but also by ideas. Ideas are disembodied energetic life form. They are completely separate from us, but capable of interacting with us, albeit strangely. Though this sounds quite metaphysical and quite strange, for me that is the best way I have found to describe it. It's as if sometimes when inspiration hits, and an idea enters your head, and I would say this isn't just for music, but for anything in general, it's as if something or someone is telling you the idea, and you just have to kind of hold on for the ride and write down what you're being told. That's the closest I've gotten to explaining what exactly happens, is as if something else is in the room with you, giving you something valuable. Many of the great songs I've heard from hitmakers were written in this way. The sense of mystery behind it all is, I believe a vital component to writing songs or creating in general. So what does this mean for me as a writer? Well, I'd say the three biggest takeaways that this sense of mystery has taught me about songwriting is I'm not fully in control of what's going to happen, so I need to let go. And that's something strange that I've been dealing with with this second album is the idea of letting go, letting go of control, letting go of my expectations. I don't know what's going to happen each day, and I think with Northern Anthems, my first album, I really tried to set up an expectation for myself of what I wanted it to be. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but as I'm learning, as I'm growing with creativity, if I set an expectation, I can miss out on some really valuable and beautiful things. So with this second album, my focus is really trying to let go trying to let go of what kinds of songs I think I need to be writing, trying to let go of what kinds of sounds I think I need to be using, trying to let go of the expectation of what my audience will think. And, you know, not completely. I I do believe that art is a communal activity. So you don't create fully for yourself. You create for a community and for yourself. I'm still exploring that idea, actually. But But I would say with my first album or with my first few songs, my sense of expectation or my sense of trying to force something sometimes got in the way of just letting the music be what it needs to be. And the times where I did let go on the first album are the times that I am most proud of and the most most excited about. But ironically, that leads me to my second point, which is I don't need to take too much credit for my successes or my failures because it seems like creativity is something that we don't fully understand and songwriting, no one really knows how it happens and how great songs happen. You know, I think it's a combination of practice as well, just repetition and getting lucky and, you know, just listening to what's out there. But the the truth of the matter is, at least with the folks I've talked to, 
no one knows exactly what it's all about. I think music and songwriting is tied to many of the core experiences of being human and the core questions about being human. They at least explore those. So I think because of that, it might not be a bad thing to remove myself from the credit-taking process as much as I can. Now, obviously, I'm human and I I like to take credit and I like to beat myself up over my failures, even though I really shouldn't be doing that because it doesn't help. But all I'm learning is that if songs just happen and it feels like you're discovering them rather than creating them, you can't really take credit for if they do well, but you can't also really take credit for if they don't do well because you're sort of a conduit rather than the guy coming up with all of it. It's just been a great healthy way for me to create healthy distance between art and not be the cliche suffering artist that, you know, beats myself up over every failure and celebrates wildly over every success, but have some sort of equilibrium and, and not let this crazy roller coaster of, of the creative life kind of swallow me up because I see so many contemporary folks and folks in the past and, and this type of life just destroyed them, you know, one way or another, whether they became hugely successful or not, uh, this thing has a danger of swallowing you up and, and making you sort of lose yourself and I think that freaked me out about maybe two years ago when I was creating Northern Anthems. I was going through some of that and realizing that I was busy losing myself and I was busy becoming obsessed over things that the true me doesn't really care that much about and placing my value in in things that were not really valuable or things that fluctuate and change. And so that would mean that my value as a human being would fluctuate and change. And I, I think that is a very slippery slope and, a, and a, a straight path to some very unhealthy habits and, and ways of thinking about yourself. When I was going through the process of creating Northern Anthems, this sort of philosophy really helped me get back on track and get focused and create with joy instead of with dread. The last thing I think this sense of mystery about songwriting makes me want to do is show up every day and be willing to work and work hard and not expect inspiration to strike every day, but be willing to work hard every day so that when it strikes, I'm ready and I can write down what needs to be written down and record what needs to be recorded. That's something that I'm also getting better at and and you know I'm not great yet I'm uh, I'm all over the place sometimes but the principle still stands that working hard working within time frames I think is a really healthy thing so a lot of folks may think that as a creative you kind of get to do what you want but the creatives that I've seen and I've met who are very successful work probably more hours than any other person in any other job and they're more focused and they get more done in an hour than anyone else does. So that's why they're the best. And I think that goes across industries. So I would say with creativity, especially something I'm working on is continuing to own in on my willingness to work and my willingness to structure my day in a way that, that makes me efficient and focused so that at the end of the day, I feel like I accomplished something. Whether I wrote a good song or not, I at least knew that my process is getting better. That leads me to the second principle I have found with songwriting that I'm still developing and still working on. 
If I'm not in control and can't game the outcome, what am I supposed to do? Well, it took the entire process of my first album, Northern Anthems, to even formulate this question and begin to answer it. I think where I'm at now is approaching everything from a place of authenticity. It's like not knowing if people are going to like you at a dinner party. You can either try to be something you're not, to be liked, or you can let it all go and try your best to be yourself, come what may. I can either try to force a hit, or I can let it all go and approach songwriting as a therapeutic way to be as honest with myself as I can be. It seems to me that many hit songs all share a sense of authenticity. Sure, there are the sort of mainstream, formulaic pop songs, but even with those, it seems that the ones that really resonate offer something vulnerable or authentic. So if I can't fully control what I create, I've come to believe that the next best thing is to try and be authentic with what I create. And that's been hard for me because I'm a people pleaser. I started writing songs to impress girls and get validations from my friends and family. So with this next project, it's been hard taking a step back and letting go. But the more I do that, the more I leave room for creativity to do its thing and take me on a journey as well. I believe there is something spiritual and mysterious about the whole process. So sometimes I feel like I'm just as much along for the ride as my listeners. To conclude my thoughts on honesty, when I write now, I put honesty at the top of the list of priorities with what I'm trying to achieve, whether that's in lyrical content, melodic structure, or production motivation. Even if I'm trying to write the next John Bellion sound-alike hit, at least I'll be honest with myself in what I'm doing and not think I'm being original when I'm not. I think originality is overrated. I'm really enjoying exploring the idea of authenticity and just being real with myself, whether at that moment being real means I'm trying to be someone else. I, I just accepting that and seeing where it leads me because what I'm learning as well is even if you're trying to be someone else, you'll always put your own spin on it. And eventually, ironically, it'll be more you than that other person in any way. The third cornerstone of songwriting that I've come to believe is true is that melody is king. I once listened to an interview with hitmaker Ryan Tedder from One Republic, who shared that he doesn't even care about lyrical content, but is obsessed over melody. And then I listened to all the variations in lyrical content versus melody structure of hits, and I began to understand what he means. What I've learned about people is they begin to memorize melody, typically, before they memorize the lyrics. It seems to me that melody has been something that humans have been resonating with for quite some time. When I listen back to Beethoven or Mozart, I hear similar melodic structures at play that are at play on many of the top 40 pop songs. I also find that there are similarities in melodic structures between cultures as well. So I'm believing more and more that the relationship between a certain set of melodies resonates in societies. Pop music is the best example of this. The same three or four chords are used for almost every pop song. And the melodies are so similar many times that I can't remember which are which and where one melody comes from and where another one comes from. They all start to blend together. And so many artists are even sued or suing other artists because of similarities between their songs and another writer's songs. I'm sure there are more factors in play, but I think it's fair to say that melody is universally important to listeners. 
It's the thing that makes the song stick in your head. So how does that pertain to me? Well, when I'm fishing around on the piano or guitar, my ear is searching for the melody first. I'm obsessed with melody and how certain melodies make me feel. There are sort of more pop-oriented melodies that I love. Take, for example, the chorus of my song, Till Your Heart Is Still. So that's a sort of classic pop structure following a very common chord pattern. And the melody repeats over the different chords. So I'd say for me, that is a more standard pop melody, even though it has unique elements. It lives comfortably in the pop world. And then you look at a song like I Shape Myself Around You. And the freedom's This one is a bit more non-traditional, but still follows a certain pattern that is recognizable and safe. It does, however, throw the listener into an unexpected place with certain chord changes. One factor of melody that I've always resonated with is playing a repetitive note or refrain and then changing the harmonic structure underneath. Another way of putting it is playing one note with a certain chord underneath it and then playing the same note but putting a completely new chord underneath it. This combination of the familiar, the repetitive note or refrain, and the sense of the unexpected, the changed harmonic structure underneath, seems to me to be a powerful emotional tool in music. Let me give you an example here. I'll just jump on the piano and, and kind of show you what I mean. So as you heard there, I played the same note in the right hand over and over again, but I created a sense of unexpectedness and a sense of motion by just changing the chords underneath. And I didn't really plan that. I just sort of played whatever chords came to mind. But just to show that 
just with one note, I can take a listener on a journey and you can end up in different places. For me, with Melody, I love the sense of unexpected with familiar mixed together in a, in a perfect balance. That's always been a beautiful element for me. Another melodic element that I love is call and response. And I think this speaks maybe a bit primarily to, to being human is having a call and response structure to your melodies. And, you know, whether it's a high, low kind of call and response or you know, whatever kind of call and response is. But if you listen through my music, you'll hear quite a few songs that are very call and response oriented with with the A-B structure to the melody with the A part being a call and then the B part being the response. And it's not even lyrical content. It's just with the, the melodic structure. Overall, I'd say melody is something that I'm always obsessing over. The space to play in is at the same time limited, but also quite expansive. But with this next project, I'm really going to focus on creating fresh yet familiar melodic structures. So these are the three components that I'm currently exploring in my songwriting. The first is a sense of mystery or a sense of the unknown. The second is authenticity or honesty. And the last being melodic structure. Overall, I'm finding that many truths in life have a somewhat paradoxical nature. What I mean by this is that with songwriting, it ought to be taken seriously in one sense, but at the same time should be taken lightly and playfully. Music is both incredibly meaningful in my life, and at the same time, it's just music. So as I play around with these ideas, I'm trying my best not to get pulled too far in one direction or another, but rather find the balance in the paradoxes and just let it all go. So this concludes the first section of this episode. What I'm going to do now is talk about all the concepts mentioned previously and apply them to my song, Starlit Summer's Eve. This song was nominated last year for an Independent Music Award for Best AC Song. It's been in multiple TV sync spots and has accumulated hundreds of thousands of streams and downloads online. The history of this particular song takes many winding turns that directly influence the most recent production. If you want to hear the rest of this podcast, go to vianisaac.com slash soundsaboutmusic and join my Album 2 Club. By joining the club, you get full access to all the podcasts, along with song demos, behind-the-scenes footage, and access to my personal Discord server, where you can chat with me directly every day. So check it out, and let's dive into this musical adventure together. <laughs> 